Call to the booth. We got Brandon God and the voice of Madden. He giving us the insight on the game that everybody loves. Paul, drop that beat. We're back with more Call to the Booth. Harrison Sanford, Akib Tlaib, Akib Tlaib, an avid Madden player. And joining us today is Brandon Gowden of Westwood One, Fox Sports, Big Ten Network, does play-by-play. And if you don't know him from that, you rest assured should know him from being the voice of Madden NFL. Brandon, thank you for joining us. Absolutely. Pleasure to be on with you guys. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And if, look, and if you don't know him from Madden, you might know him from doing that. Uh, what what game we did? That Cardinals in that Philly game, man. Yep. We went hand. We had the best broadcast ever. You might know him from that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and if you didn't watch that game, you need to go on Twitter and see the suit that Key wore. <laughs> <laughs> so I gotta call you out real quick because you forgot. Or you, your tailor didn't have the suit ready in time, so your wife took the last flight out from Dallas yeah. to Arizona to bring you that suit. Yeah. No. No. The tailor had it together. My my forgetful ass left the suit. You know what I'm saying? And wifey, uh, we ain't trust the mail. Wifey got a first class ticket, man, and brought it straight to me, man. So you know, wifey always look out. He saved you. Yeah, always. Hey, that, hey, that, hey, that's that's love right there, uh, for sure. Yeah. And Brandon, before we get into your your start in the broadcasting industry, before we get into Madden, uh, and your start in the broadcast industry, can you take us maybe behind the scenes a bit more? for that game, that Eagles-Cardinals game, and working with Akeem, obviously, I think Akeem, that was your second game, and Brandon, you in the industry for a while. Yeah, can you just give me your, your insight on, and then some behind the scenes takeaways from, from that day? Yeah, well, Akeem and I were supposed to work together earlier in the year at Detroit, but I actually got COVID, and so I had to be pulled off the game, so Dan Helley filled in. So those two worked together for that game. So it should have been our second game, but. You know, it's funny, I was talking with our producer, Rich Gross, from that game just last week out in Phoenix at the Fox Football Seminar. And the thing we were talking about, about Keeb, not to pat him on the back with him here listening, but man, he came in and he was prepared. Not only that, but he was just humble. Like he didn't, a guy who played in the league at that level, sometimes people will come in like, I know what I'm doing. But he came in, he was humble. He was eager to learn. He was great to me. We chatted about his days playing with Peyton and about playing Madden. Uh, and it just felt like two friends talking. And so when we stepped in the booth the next day, we'd only known each other for less than 24 hours. But to me, it felt good. And the thing about Akeem that I know fans are going to love this year when he does games with Gus is Keeb just calls it like he sees it. I think that's what people want at home. And that's what I felt last year doing that Philly Arizona game was if he saw something, he just kind of called it out like it was rather than trying to sugarcoat it or say it that maybe the correct way. And I thought it was great. I thought we had a real rapport right from the start. Hell yeah. I appreciate that, Brandon. I appreciate yeah. that, man. Yeah, no, it's it's been enjoyable to watch Akeem grow as, as, as a media personality. He definitely brings uh, that the same mindset that he brought in the locker room. You can see him bring it into the broadcasting field. And with that being said, obviously, keeps has been dedicated to football for a long time. And Brandon, you've been dedicated to doing play-by-play for a long time. I, myself, never really thought about doing play-by-play. I always thought I was going to be an athlete. Obviously, where I'm at now shows you where how that turned out. Um, but from my understanding, you started calling your own games in your mother's bedroom? <laughs> well, kind of in the little living room area of our family home. 
man, it was so I, I grew up in Indiana. And so I, I was just like every other kid, right? I played football, I played basketball, I played baseball, I just wanted to do whatever my two older brothers were doing. Well, right. as you can tell by my 5'10", 170 pound stature, I knew that I wasn't going to be playing in the NFL. So I was a kicker in high school. But yeah, I started broadcasting all these sports at a young age, just at home, because I, I would watch everything on TV. And I found myself going in the living room and playing as these players acting like I was the stars of yesterday. And I would just announce the games. And then I got to high school and somebody said, you know, you've got a decent voice. Maybe you should just keep trying this. So I broadcasted a couple games in high school, went to college for it, and have just sort of stuck with it. It's always been a dream of mine, again, ever since I realized that I wasn't going to be able to be someone like Akib who was fortunate enough and gifted <laughs> enough to play professionally. See, and that's why you're so good at it, Brandon, because you've been doing it all your life, just like I've been playing football all my life. So I step in the booth and all I know is – to call games uh, during COVID with no fans. And that's all I know. So I know that was an adjustment for you though. So how different was, how different was it for you to have to call games during COVID? Really different. The biggest thing I think, especially when you do NFL and, and certain college games is when you've got 80,000 people in those stands and you're a, an announcer, you don't need to fill the exciting moments with talking a lot because the fans kind of bring that noise and energy to you and you right. can, you can lay out and let them lift the atmosphere of the broadcast. Last year, we didn't have that. Now, Fox and CBS, as you know, Keith, they filtered in the fake crowd noise, but it just right. wasn't it just wasn't the same. So I found that us as announcers probably talked a little bit more to maybe create a little bit more excitement. That was the biggest difference. I think this year, and Fox is calling this the year of the fan, and I think that's appropriate. I think you'll find that in the booth, when you're in there with Gus, you know, when those big moments happen after a huge touchdown, you guys can just chill for 20 seconds and just let that crowd lift up the energy of the broadcast. Right. Man, I'm pumped to have the fans back, and I know you guys are too. Definitely. Yeah, for sure. I, I'm definitely looking forward to to seeing that. I think as we've watched sports kind of evolve after this, the pandemic's not necessarily over, but the brunt of it is. It's been nice to see fans uh, – in the in the arenas in the stands, and it definitely adds a flavor to the broadcast. But I'd imagine, uh, Brandon, because you do Madden, it might have helped you with this past year dealing with COVID because you're doing it in a condensed environment. You're not obviously going to SoFi Stadium to record the Madden audio. Uh, I'm curious, can you take us behind the scenes to your reaction when you first got the job in, I believe it was 2016? Yeah, well, first, that's a great point. I mean, doing the Madden game is more like acting than it is announcing. And you're right, you're in a music studio, and there's no crowd, and they hand you a script, and it's lines for game-winning touchdowns and a Super Bowl. So you just kind of <laughs> have to put your mind in that stadium as if there were people there. because it, So that was good practice, I guess, for last year. I felt like I was trained for that. But, man, back in 2015, I was working at Georgia Tech, and I was doing their football and basketball. And I knew that I was about ready to make a jump over to TV on the broadcast side. And right as that was all happening, EA Sports happened to randomly reach out to me. And they said, hey, we're moving on from Jim Nance and Phil Sims, and we're looking for new announcers on the game. And one of the producers had just randomly heard my work and had left me on their list as a dark horse candidate. Cause I knew at the time they were bringing in bigger names than me. You know, they were coming away from Nance. They'd had Al Michaels on the game. You know, they had Gus on the game. So I knew that there were bigger names that had been there, but this, this producer said, Hey, we like your sound and we want you to come to audition down in Orlando where the studio is. So I did. 
And I thought it went extremely well. But again, I thought, well, eh, I, I know who else they're bringing in here. So don't get your hopes up too high. But sure enough, a couple of months later, they called in, in 2016, as you referenced, and asked me to do it. And man, it has been these last five plus years have been a joy and doing it with Charles Davis, who used to be the number two analyst at Fox, but now is the number two at CBS with Ian Eagle. He is phenomenal and he's become a great friend and mentor in this business. So we, we've had a heck of a ride and I'm thankful for that gig every day. And that's dope. That's dope, Brandon. Uh, do you, do your kids play? You got kids? Do they play the game? No, I don't have kids. So, uh, um, that'd be weird. You you just walk past and your kids would be playing and you just hear like, okay, that'd be dope. That's, that's dope, man. So look, I know, I know you're not in charge of, of the player race, but do guys ever reach out to you and, and you know, they hear Brandon Garner. Do they ever reach out to you and want to know what's up with my rating? Yeah, you know, there's there's two people that are passionate about the ratings and about how the game is played. I found out it's it's the players and it's the Uber drivers because <laughs> I, that's the only time you know people don't see my face or Charles's face. But <laughs> Sundays, if we're working a game, I know this happens a lot to Charles. Players will say, "Man, what's up with my Madden rating?" And Charles is always like, <laughs> I, "I don't control your Madden rating. <laughs> you got to talk to somebody down in Orlando." Right, but. In the Uber, sometimes if my name pops up and they start a conversation with me and ask me what I do, then they'll say, oh, wait, do you do Madden? And then they, boom, they got a laundry list like, I hate how this is and I hate how this is and you guys need to change. <laughs> I'm like, man, I, I'm, just, I'm just going to the booth and calling a few lines. I don't know. Exactly. What's that's, not, that's not my job. <laughs> yo, yo, this Keenan Allen. This is Jared Goff. Devin McCourty here alongside my guy. Jason McCordy on the other side. Yo, this is Tyron Matthew, and you know I had to make the call to the booth. You know how to make that call to the booth from my guy, Keith Talib. So last year, I believe you recorded in your house as opposed to going down to Orlando because uh, of COVID and the protocols and the pandemic. Uh, did you record in Orlando this year? Did you go down there or you still did it? Uh, within the confines of where you're living. Yeah, no, they, they still have us at home. So Charles is recording at his house. I'm recording at mine here in Atlanta. And we do it over Zoom. Now, typically what we do is we record every Monday, Tuesday, though we're in a break right now because we're getting ready to release the game. But we usually do it every Monday, Tuesday from about 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. And I would always have to fly down to Orlando every week. So I made about 45 trips down to Orlando for the first four and a half years I did this. And then when COVID hit, they just set up the studio right here in our house. So from a convenience standpoint, it's great. You can just wake up, flip on the mic, and you're connected with Charles, and we can get going. Unfortunately, you, you might notice as you play the game, you, you'll hear a line that's recorded in my house backed up against a line that was recorded in studio. And they, they've tried their best to make it sound like it's the same. It's a little bit different. Most people probably can't tell, but... You know, like everybody else, those those people at Madden, they're doing the best they can with the restrictions that we've got right now with COVID. But hopefully we'll be back in there uh, when 2022 hits. So so what y'all do? Y'all like do it every year, like before the season? Y'all do all y'all lines? Do y'all ever like update it during the season? We update it throughout the season, Keeb. So it's, it's pretty much every Monday, Tuesday throughout the oh. regular season, we hop on there and do the lines. They send us a script, um, but usually when we do the updates – it is pretty much just ad-libbing. So they'll say, all right, here, here's a line for when Aaron Rodgers takes the field, and we'll just record what he did in last week's game. So if he threw five touchdowns and 300 yards, I'm saying, man, Charles, what a game by Aaron Rodgers last week. And then when you play with the Packers and Rodgers takes the field, 
the software knows to play that line. So oh, it's yeah. Fresh. Yeah. Yeah. And, that, and then the next week we'll redo all of those lines for Aaron Rodgers and everybody else to keep that content fresh. That's dope. That's dope. So how, how hard, how hard is it to, to, you know, role play and, and just imagine that crowd being there. Just how hard is that just to use your imagination like that at home? With you know, pajamas on. You know, I like it, but what what is tough, and you probably re might realize, might not realize, is playing the GameCube, is that that game is recorded. All of the sound that you hear is basically recorded in five to seven second increments, and then it's married together later. So if I say Aaron Rodgers back to pass, throws, and it's complete inside the 40, and he's brought down at the 38, Everywhere that I pause right there is a different line that I probably recorded mm. not only on a different day, but maybe a different month or a different year. And then those lines, someone a lot smarter than me tells the software how to play those in sequence. So it's supposed to trick you to think that that was one fluid line when it was a bunch. Yeah. Of so to me, Keeb, it's frustrating because it, it sometimes sounds robotic, um, yeah. which is naturally going to happen. Um, but I, I, it's still, it's a fun process and it's a challenging process. It's just, I, sometimes I'll, I'll hear it being played. And I'm like, man, that doesn't sound like me calling a real game. Cause it can seem a little choppy, but that, that's just, that it's a video, it's a video game at the end of the day. Right. But sometimes Brandon, I'm telling you, sometimes it, it, it feel like they watch the game and they really call to play like that. Cause the energy be up in the crowd noise. Sometimes it really feel like, that's why I asked you. Sometimes it feel like. Y'all actually watching a play that happened like this and you called it and then they married it to a play that happened in the game. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? yeah. Well, I appreciate that. I will say that Madden is getting better with the commentary every year. As far as the, I'm, I'm not necessarily saying Charles and I, I'm saying the people that implement it and do the crowd noise, they're getting better every year at replicating what it sounds like on a real broadcast. So that's yeah. the goal is to get more plays where you play it and you almost don't even know what they're, that we are there because it sounds like a real life broadcast, but inevitably and people get really angry about it there's going to be commentary glitches someone's going to have an interception and the software is going to say touchdown they're going to get tackled <laughs> at the 40 and we're going to say the 20 that stuff is just still going to happen from time yeah. to time but we're trying to minimize how much that happens yeah, uh, brandon you brandon you you referenced the fan so it actually wants me to take into uh account what's going to be specific to madden 22 uh, which is coming out on august 20th so this year, I believe the series has introduced these home field M factors to kind of replicate the game day experience and kind of give advantages to certain home teams. So one that's obvious is the mile high stadium advantage where visiting teams uh, that go to Denver because of the because of the altitude are going to have less stamina. I'm curious, as you were recording this year, did you find certain ones interesting because Part of the uniqueness about the NFL is the unique stadiums and the weather conditions and things of that nature. I'm sure you, you, you had fun because you have to introduce a level of variety to your commentary when you think about Lambeau Field or you think about uh, FedEx Field and things of that nature. Well, yeah, good question, Harrison. So one thing our writer for the game, Ed Brady, always does is when, when we have special things that are being added into the game, we'll spend about a week to talk and commentary specifically to those features. So we went through for a couple of days and made lines that said stuff like that. After a third down play late in the game, if you're playing out in Denver, you may hear us say, oh man, this Chiefs defense looks tired because you know that that altitude <laughs> is causing problems. And then uh, vice versa, 
if Denver's playing in Kansas City, there's a big boost to Kansas City playing at home this year because of that 12th man. So we've got a line or two in there if you're in the fourth quarter and it's a close game of this crowd should really give Kansas City a boost and you can see them coming to life right now. So our our writer, Ed Brady, every time there's a specialty sequence that goes into the game in a new year, like you're talking about with this home field advantage, we have commentary lines that speak specifically to that. So that should be a cool new feature. I'm going to get frustrated this year. Let's just say, let's say I decide to use the Washington football team because I love their defense. I love uh, Chase Young um, and Ryan Fitzpatrick is a fun Madden player to play with. I could imagine uh, if somebody was playing against me, there's this one, they have their home, uh, factor, home field factor advantage um, where the opposing team is going to have a hard time changing directions, I guess, as a running back or if you're trying to chase down a player. Uh, Akib, I, I wonder if you can give Brandon a little insight, a little maybe some uh, home field advantages that you've seen during the course of your career. If you go to X stadium, you know you're going to have to deal with this, or you go to this stadium, you know you're going to have to deal with this. Could be a field condition, could be uh, the crowd, things of that nature. I'm curious. Definitely, definitely Denver. Denver is that's the best one on the game, man. Because I, I seriously seen guys tap out halfway through the third done for the fourth and guys have no energy in Denver. So that's probably one of the best ones on the game. I would think the change of direction, I would think they would have put that for Chicago because you go to Chicago, they play with that high ass grass and it's just a slower surface in Chicago. So that makes sense more for Chicago than, than for the Washington football team to me. But uh, a few more, the Patriots definitely should have some type of 12 man 12 man type. I don't know what they got, but they definitely should have some type of 12 man where they get an advantage in the fourth as well. Cause they, that that's a real advantage there too, man. It's, it's crazy to play there. Some, some of the other notable ones for those who are, who are listening or, or watching uh, when you play at Seattle, the, the play art is going to be harder to see. I saw some screenshots. It's like squiggly. I get account for the 12th, uh, 12th man and trying to call yeah. like a hot route at the line of scrimmage. And then the one that's going to frustrate people is that apparently the Tennessee Titans this year with King Henry in tow will not commit any holding penalties. That's their <laughs> home field advantage. So be prepared to put 10 in the box with Julio that's Jones and AJ Brown on the outside. Have fun with that one. Yeah. Hey, that's that's nuts. But what about the what about the legendary the legendary commentary, uh, Brandon? So when you do when you do the like the ultimate teams and stuff, right? Did you show me some love on, on my legendary commentary? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we, did, we didn't record any new lines this year for that, but we did back in twenty. But it's funny because you know I, I mentioned those commentary updates we do, but we you can only hear those when you are in play now because yeah. obviously if you're in the middle of your season. Uh, that your your fake season on Madden, you don't want to hear a line about Aaron Rodgers and what he did week five in the real NFL season. Oh yeah, right. Right. So so we have commentary for the different modes for Ultimate Team for franchise and then for play now. Now most of the lines, probably seventy five percent, they span across all of those. But some people get frustrated. You know, why don't you have more lines for my franchise for Madden Ultimate Team? And we're we're trying to build those up. The reality is, man, when you open up one drawer of commentary lines you're like, wait, we could spend a year in here and never satisfy the users. So we're always trying to, to find new things to do to fill those gaps in the commentary. That's what's up. That's what's up. Yeah. And, and Brandon, I, I, I'm not sure. I saw Steve Young. I saw Jerry Rice. Are you familiar with who's the, the defensive back rating adjuster? Do you, are you familiar with who that might be? I didn't see. 
I mean, I, I know a couple of names. There, there's a group of about eight or nine that do it down in the Orlando studio. I'm not sure if there's someone specifically devoted to DBs. Um, why? Why does? Does it does it keep me to talk to somebody or what? See, <laughs> no, it, I'm it, good. If, if nobody's if nobody's claiming it, <laughs> if it's not necessarily claimed. It means it's open, right? To, right? <laughs> yeah, they might need a they might need a you know, a professional opinion. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> Put me on the line with them if they need me, Brandon. <laughs> Uh, Brandon, no, we enjoyed the time uh, as somebody who's played Madden, enjoyed hearing your voice. And I know you've uh, you said that, you know, you thought you didn't you might have not gotten the, gotten the job because of the guys who were also auditioning or available, you know, coming after somebody like a Jim Nance or something like that. I know it, a, a key would probably equate that to being the starting DB for the Cowboys after Deion Sanders, like Jim Nance is a legend. And I would say I've enjoyed your commentary and I enjoyed seeing you in a key last year. So hopefully maybe that could work out some, some way down the future. Uh, I did want to leave with one story, though, because your story about uh, doing play-by-play -play in your living room or in your house kind of reminded me of how I knew I was going to be, I guess, a host uh, as opposed to an athlete. Akeem, did, you, did you know this story? Did, you, did I no. tell you about this story about Razor Ramon? No. Okay. Uh, Brandon, are you a WWF fan? Or w were you a WWF fan? No, I'm not, but let's act like I am. We'll say yes. Okay, there we go. Okay, I keep, I, I keep, I know you are. Oh, were No, I know Razor so Ramon. When, <laughs> so when I was growing up, uh, I would do the same thing you did, Brandon. I would be in my, uh, my parents' bedroom and I would play with like rolled up socks. And every time I saw John Stark shoot a three, I would shoot a sock into like a hoop. Or if I saw Sean Kemp get a dunk, I would dunk the ball. I was also a big WWF fan and a uh, big Razor Ramon fan. So I'd, Razor Ramon with this guy would slip back here and he'd run around the ring and everywhere he'd go, he'd say machismo and he'd just throw around toothpicks all over the place. So I'd run around the house body slamming pillows, throwing toothpicks all over the place <laughs> during the day and watching basketball, at, like basketball later on in the day. One day, as I'm trying to replicate a Sean Kemp dunk in my, my mom's bedroom, I plant my foot and step into a toothpick straight at my foot had Ooh. to go to the hospital they had to get like a yeah had to get a third of it out and my at that moment in time i knew that it was not for me to be playing any <laughs> sports because i couldn't even execute a dunk with a pair of socks in my parents bedroom so when i saw that story <laughs> i watched your interview uh that you did with the butler esports group and i saw that you referenced that you did uh that you started doing play-by-play -play in your house and it made me think of when I was trying to be an athlete, I couldn't be successful in my own damn house. So yeah, yeah. here I am. <laughs> now I took, my, my thing was I took, cause we didn't have a bat. So I took the inside of a paper towel roll and that was my bat. And then my mom had this balloon that was wadded up and I took this balloon and put a piece of duct tape around it, and that was my ball. And I would just throw that up and hit it and act like I was playing baseball. And I put down the pillows where the bases in our little family room there. And <laughs> that's, that's how it started. But I didn't step on any splinters, but I do have respect for you. <laughs> Because Sean Kemp and Gary Payton used to be two of my favorite players back in the day with the Seattle Supersonics. There you go. Hey, I know. Hey, I knew. Hey. I, I knew. I liked you. Hey, Harrison. <laughs> That's and I, my and I still call. I still call my kids machismo. <laughs> <laughs> I still call them a little machismo. It's not being a machismo. <laughs> they don't know what the hell I'm talking about. Hey, Brandon. We appreciate it, man. We appreciate it, man. Uh, this thing dropping Madden coming out soon. Uh, I enjoy my time in the booth with you too, man. Hopefully we can link up again in there sometime soon, man. 
Yeah, but you know, I, I we were talking about it before we came on air. A shout out to you for doing a full package this year with Gus on the NFL side. And I know I told you, but I saw Gus out in Phoenix last week at the Fox seminar and he's fired up to work with you. And man, I'm excited for you. You deserve it. And I can't wait to listen to you guys. Appreciate it. Appreciate it, Brandon. Yeah, you bet. Thanks, fellas. Take care, Brandon. Yep, for sure. Madden 22 coming out August 20th. Go cop it.